1: Ah, we are back in. It is another edition of the only show that cares just exclusively about underdogs and college football and the NFL. Woof, wolf! It is Three Dog Thursday. Time to find those hounds, those pooches, those doggies, whether it be for the college game or for the NFL. I am your somewhat capable host because a week ago, Uh, I I was only one for three, so I apologize for that. I I still want to know what in the name of Barry Switzer is up with the Oklahoma defense. That was one of my underdogs last week. They struggled. Uh, He is Kevin Rogers, Senior senior Handicapper, VegasInsider.com. Kevin does a great job writing and handicapping on that side, and he's always gracious to be with us on 3 dog. Thursday, yeah. What was up with those Sooners? Uh, you went with the Mormons who couldn't come through BYU against uh, against UCLA. We we both we, we had some struggles last week, but it's good to be with you. It's a new week this week.
0: I guess what we had a, what a push on BYU.
1: Yeah, maybe so. They did not come through overall. They had the late rally, but did not come through overall. And you did you did uh, have the Saints. You had the Saints come marching in. Uh, they they snuck in against the Giants with a three point loss. Uh, in my case, uh, look. I guess I should stay away from Stanford. I've now been burned in our first uh, what three weeks by by going against Stanford twice. USC couldn't get it done, but I did. I did have the Dallas Cowboys though last week. So I'm kind, of, I'm kind of we were both one for three. I'm feeling good about the Cowboys coming through for me. You had the Saints. You had a you had a push. You had a one one in one week. So we're we're pledging to be better this week on the shows. What I'm getting at.
0: Yeah, and then we're starting to figure things out. Uh, I think that uh, you know, with conference play starting up in college football, like just more I mean, obviously, there's been conference action the first few weeks, but now just more teams, a lot of games in the SEC this weekend uh, with a lot of big name teams as underdogs in some of those games, and now you know in the NFL, you have two weeks to kind of uh, you know take all of all of these results we've seen in the first two weeks, trying to figure it all out. A couple zero and two teams. That are desperate for wins at home, so there's a lot, uh, a lot going on, which is good. You know, it's a lot easier than the first week when you're trying to go on last season. Now, last season doesn't really mean anything. Now we have a few weeks of a sample size.
1: Well, and uh, and you were just saying to me right before we began this show too that uh, you were successful on the site last week on VegasInsider.com with some of your uh, advice, uh, including the Atlanta Falcons who you had on the road and went all the way out to Oakland and won. I mean, my Buccaneers put it on the Falcons. Uh, in week one at the Georgia Dome. Atlanta then goes all the way out to Oakland, who had been a week one winner themselves, and and put it on them. You had them on the site. So we got to get you to translate that onto Three Dog Thursday here when we start talking pro football. Uh, But again, you had one last... You know, we both were were, uh, misery with the Indianapolis Colts uh, because you took them for Three Dog Thursday purposes. I had Andrew Luck for fantasy football purposes and was going against the Denver defense uh that didn't work out so well for me last it didn't work out for either one of us last week colts and broncos as it turns out in that game kevin rogers
0: no it didn't and andrew luck had pretty good numbers against denver the first four times around at least beating them three times covering all four times as an underdog and that was a close game towards the end before denver had a couple of defensive scores so you know you got to put that also into consideration that indianapolis was hanging they were tied in the second half at denver and unfortunately for Indianapolis, their defense still isn't that great. And, you know, the weapons aren't coming through past Andrew Luck. So, you know, all you can ask for, the, the one thing, TJ, all you can ask for is being there. Is that as long as it's there and you're not down 38 nothing, where, you know, the game was just, uh, you know, it just got away from you very quickly, that if you can just be there no matter what sport it is, if it's football, if it's baseball, if it's hockey, to get to a shootout, just be there. And once you're there, you see what happens, and then you go from there. That's all you can really ask for is just being there late in the game.
1: Yeah, have a chance. Give yourself a chance. Like, unfortunately, the Jacksonville Jaguars had no chance last week in San Diego. I don't know what that was, but if they're supposed to be improved, how are they down 35 uh, nothing in that game last week? And, of course, I don't have to tell you this, but the Florida State Seminoles, what was that at Louisville? last week where they gave up 49 unanswered points at one point to Bobby Petrino's team so uh, it's still smarting and and we're going to get into that for three dog Thursday purposes in a few minutes okay so I'm going to let you begin we do college football we do the NFL give me a college game for underdog purposes a team simply to cover they don't have to win but you believe they will at least cover give me the leadoff team this week Kevin Rogers
0: all right, the first one, we're going to go to the SEC. And I understand that the Arkansas Razorbacks are probably a public underdog this week at Texas A&M. But with that being said, Arkansas the last two years, they've lost in overtime to Texas A&M in games that they've given away. And Brett Bielema's has done a great job to rise Arkansas through the SEC West. They were 0-8 his first season there, and he's gotten them. Obviously, they're not the Alabama or LSU level just yet but getting them more in the middle of the pack there in the SEC West. Last two years, a road dog. Arkansas 7-2 and against the spread. They had that big win over TCU earlier this year on the road. A&M has won the last four against Arkansas, but also A&M coming off a big road win at Auburn last week. So I got to think maybe Arkansas can catch them. This is Arkansas's first SEC game of the season that maybe they can catch AM here. You're getting some points. Arkansas is familiar with them. I'll take the points with the Razorbacks.
1: Well, of course, I had the Hogs a couple of weeks ago on Three Dog Thursday against TCU. I love the big receivers. I mean, they have got some big targets, including uh, Drew Morgan and uh, A&M played that wild game with UCLA they won. You mentioned the road win with Auburn. We'll see how this one goes down at Kyle Field as you take Arkansas and the six. And Bielema is clearly rising right now in the SEC West. Okay, so uh, I do this show when we come to you out of the Tampa-St. Pete Clearwater area and an enormous game, speaking of Florida State, and you're a Florida State guy, but I don't have to tell you this, but for the entire country, Florida State coming in to play the University of South Florida, Tampa out of the American Conference. Big-time buzz for this matchup. It is going to be a sold-out atmosphere. Raymond James Stadium, going to be a lot of Seminole fans uh, that live in the Tampa Bay area that will be at this game, and a lot of them that make the journey from Tallahassee for this game. And for Florida State, it is circle the wagons time. Uh, Kevin, give me a quick comment. I'm obviously taking the Bulls, and I'll give you some reasoning why, but what about Florida State in uh, in this matchup here? Is there a hangover effect from what Louisville did to them back last Saturday?
0: This sounds really silly, but I'll, I'll tell you anyway. I think that if FSU would have done what Ole Miss did last week, blowing that big lead to Alabama to come back this week, oh, we had that one, now how do we come back? I honestly think, and this is not spin, this is what I really believe, I think them getting blown out the way they did from Louisville, it's one of those, okay, throw the tape away, let's move on to next week. I think that's one of these games for FSU. Not saying they're going to blow out USF, but it's easy to say, all right, we got our ass kicked last week. (laughs) Now let's just start over again. We go to Tampa. It's not a long trip. And let's just reset the cards that, okay, we're zero one in Louisville, the top five team in the country. All right. Like that's okay. So it, it really isn't that big of a deal. And you see Lamar Jackson that he's, you know, now the front runner for the Heisman trophy. I think not again, not saying that FSU was going to blow them out. If USF wins. Okay. But I think it's almost easier To recover from that, to say, okay, we played bad. Let's start this thing over again. As opposed to what if there are no what ifs in the Louisville game when they're dropping sixty-three on you with like thirteen minutes still left Mm. in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, so that's
0: where I go with it. That I don't think it's the hangover effect at all with Florida State that they can just easily hit the reset button, start all over again this week.
1: Well, they don't have Derwin James with the knee injury, the outstanding safety, but I mean their pass rush nonexistent. Uh, and and really, uh, again, Lamar Jackson took advantage of that. The scary thing and the reason why I'm going with USF in the five and a half is Quint- Quentin Flowers, the USF quarterback, is coming into his own the second half of last season early this year. Dual threat, throwing and running. It gave FSU problems last week. The running back Marlon Mack is back healthy. Uh, running between the tackles. They've got an active physical defense. I think Florida State's got their hands full defensively, and USF, I believe, will keep this close, if not win this game, getting the five-and-a-half points. Uh, in this matchup, a big state rival game. in the American Conference for credibility as an out-of-conference game needs this game. Florida State obviously needs this game. For any hope in the college football playoff, they've got to re- rebound. But, Kevin, I'm just concerned because Ole Miss was handling them. Say what you want about Labor Day night and the great comeback. Ole Miss was handling them defensively. Louisville did handle them defensively. They better better find some answers uh, in a hurry in, in this matchup. Bulls, by the way, have not been in the top 25 under Willie Taggart. They are, this is the fourth year for Willie Taggart. Uh, The uh, former Western Kentucky star quarterback, former Western Kentucky head coach. They win this game. They're going to be in the top 25. So it's a huge hype game for that matchup. And I'll take USF on Three Dog Thursday. All right. You have a second college underdog, you're telling me. And I don't know what this underdog is for the audience checking us out here on Three Dog Thursday. So fire away with college doggy number two.
0: I'm going with a home underdog this week, and this is a classic sandwich spot. And you're going to think I am off my rocker with this, but I've actually, uh, I've actually surprised you in the past yes, of the show when yes. I got off my rocker. Hit me
1: again. Hit I'm me take, again.
0: I'm taking the 25 and a half points with Marshall at home against Louisville.
1: So, so that all of that build up with what Louisville did, and me going against Florida State. You're going to go against the Louisville Cardinals now
0: i give you a couple reasons why. We always have reasonings for all of our picks. And a couple things. Number one, i say the sandwich spot. Louisville just blew out Florida State. Louisville is at Clemson next week. Okay? So you got two big boy ACC games for Louisville trying to make that jump in the conference. And you have to go on the road to Huntington, West Virginia to take on a thundering herd team that just gave up 60-plus points to Akron last week. So you go from Marshall showing up against Akron. We'll see. They were up 21-7 in that game, by the way. And Akron scored 34 points in the second quarter. Mind you, two of those touchdowns coming non-offensive. It was a blocked punt and a fumble return by the Zips. But now Marshall's getting almost four touchdowns at home where Louisville, everyone knows about them now. They're not a surprise, okay? They went to Syracuse. Blew him out. Uh, came back home against FSU, short favorite, blew him out. We know what Lamar Jackson can do. But now, four touchdowns on the road with a major game at Clemson next week that I got to think Marshall can't be that bad. And also, Louisville was laying two touchdowns or about 16 points to Syracuse. I got to think Marshall's better than Syracuse. So Fascinating. I you've got to take the value here. With just, at
1: just the amount of points. Do you believe in the SI jinx, by the way, the Sports Illustrated cover jinx that has been out there for about three, four decades, it seems like? Everybody believes you appear on SI. You're the jinx. Do you buy that? Because Louisville quarterback Lamar Jackson is on the cover of Sports Illustrated this week. Do you buy the curse? Do you no, buy the
0: jinx? No, no, no. Do you know, I really believe in all seriousness? That obviously when they play Clemson next week, that they'll – I mean, they'll probably be a dog, I guess, going on the road or it could be close to a pick I'm not sure, but I guess this is a time to go against Louisville with this many points. I don't have the rest of their schedule in front of me, but at least knowing this next week, what's coming up, that this is a time to go the other way uh, against Louisville, just because everyone is so high on them that, again, I'm not into the do factor, but They've got to put up some kind of clunker here. And we know Marshall can score. Yeah, their defense was torched last week by Akron. But you're telling me, in this case, if Marshall can even score 14 or 17 points, Louisville's going to drop at least 40 on them. Like, you tell me Louisville's going to just again drop 40-plus on Marshall?
1: I don't see it. Okay, and in, and in fairness... Well, we're just – I'm not saying that I agree with you. They were blowing out Syracuse in the first half, and then they suddenly let Syracuse rattle off like 21 points in a row late first half, early third quarter that kind of kept that close until they busted it wide open in the fourth quarter. Maybe for you the same thing will happen again in this matchup coming up. You'll take uh, Marshall and a ton of – points. what are you saying, 25 points, 25 and a half points for Marshall in that matchup? All right. A lot of points, uh, a lot of points in that one, and I love the home underdogs. I'm going to take one more college one again. It's three dog Thursday. TJ Reeves with you. We've also got Kevin Rogers, senior handicapper, VegasInsider.com, uh, with me as we go over underdogs and we can uh, mix and match in any combination we want. So Kevin has gone two college underdogs. He's got one still out there uh, coming up in the pros. I'm going to take a second college underdog as well. And you know me, I'm big on home. Underdogs when you can find the right opportunity. There are a couple of them I took a long look at. Auburn, which has seemingly been in disarray with losses already at, at home uh, for them to Clemson. A close game, a game they could have won. A, a Texas A&M game that was back and forth last week. So they've already lost a couple of games at home. And Auburn now gets ready to host LSU in another huge home game. I mean, Gus Malzahn is on the hot seat right now. And that I took a long look, Kevin, at LSU and Auburn. I'm going to pass on that, but uh, it would not surprise me if Auburn goes ahead and they have talent, they find a way to slow down Fournette, and they find a way to win that game at home. Do you have a quick take on that game, not saying that you're going to have to take Auburn?
0: I kind of lean LSU here. I mean, I don't love it. I know Auburn, that they have covered the last three against LSU at home. But at the same time, LSU was covered four of the last six and was a single digit favorite. So basically, you know, you gotta throw out some of those games as a huge favorite against directional schools. And uh, I mean with Auburn, obviously the pressure's on them right now and coming off a loss to, to uh, Texas A and M last week. We know they've they've been you know, they were competitive against Clemson, but A and M kind of ran away from them uh, last week. It's tough because with LSU, I with LSU is I never know what I get from them. You know, you never know exactly what kind of team, when you have a top running back like Fournette, but hasn't put up the numbers that you would have expected, that it was almost like a shoe-in to be the Heisman, and he's got off to a bit of a slow start. So, I mean, I'd lean LSU. I don't love the game, but uh, that, that's where I
1: stand with that. So that's an interesting SEC game. And, again, they've gone to the backup quarterback, Ketling, to replace – uh, Brandon Harris at quarterback. Fournette had a good game last week. Remember, he's had the ankle injury, and Fournette may run wild in this game. I'm just, I'm taking a look at Auburn. I mean, for example, UCLA again is a home dog at the Rose Bowl, but I'm not, Kevin, you're like restraining me. I'm not going to go against Stanford for the third time in four shows and have them burn me again like they burned me against USC last week. So I'm going to lay off of that one. Instead, I'm going to go Big 12 where nobody seems to play any defense. And I think Oklahoma State getting eight points with Mason Rudolph at quarterback as a road dog taking on Baylor who I don't believe has played anybody uh, as of yet not a, not a very strong to the start to their season yet they're an 8-point favorite all the off-season turmoil uh, for the Baylor Bears I know Seth Russell is back off of the injury the neck injury a year ago he's back in there but I I, I believe this is a spot where Oakey State getting 8 points for Three Dog Thursday will cover that line primetime game on Fox Give me Mike Gundy's Cowboys, the Pokes, who have scored points in all three of their games so far this season. A bunch of points. I like them plus the eight in that matchup. Kevin Rogers.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look back, Oklahoma State, you know, they they got screwed in the Central Michigan game. So, you know, you could say they should be undefeated. Um, Obviously, Pitts took them down to the end before Oklahoma State scored that game that had that huge weather delay. And, you know, Oklahoma State puts up plenty of numbers. I mean, what's the total of this game? Like 100? I mean, <laughs> maybe 127. Point.
1: Maybe 129. Right. Yeah.
0: Right, exactly. So there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. And it's kind of last team who has the ball wins. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to, to go against Oklahoma State because, again, records are deceiving when they should be 3 0 by all right. Like, and that's not about, oh, if this happened, this happened. No, if, like, one, if one rule interpretation was corrected, it would have won that game against Central Michigan. So uh, I mean, I don't have a strong opinion on it, but uh, I say why not? A game, those high-scoring games might as well take the points.
1: Okay, so again, your two are Arkansas and Marshall. My two, USF, and that early noon Eastern kick with Florida State, and then Oklahoma State a little bit later on today. Hey, one more, and we've got to get out of here, and then we'll come back and talk NFL. But I want your opinion on this. You and I love to take two-handed swings at people. Uh, why don't while we have the opportunity? What was Mark Helfrich of Oregon doing last? week? week, Kevin, in the matchup with Nebraska where they score early on and get a two-point conversion and then for whatever reason with a healthy kicker, he acknowledged after the game, I've got a healthy kicker, but they chose to go for two over and over again after every touchdown and started chasing points in the first half of the game. Went for two, missed, still in the first half, went for two again and missed and so now he started getting out the slide chart in the second half going, well, wait a minute we have uh, this kind of lead and this kind of a quirky score. He went for two twice more and missed and missed again and the end result is instead of being up by seven points or maybe even up by more, they were only up at that point by four points. Uh, They should have been up by, or they were only up, yeah, by four points. They should have been up by eight points. Nebraska scores a late touchdown that in theory should have only tied the game, yet they're up by three, and now now the best that Oregon could do was go down and retie the game with a field goal. They couldn't do it. They lost the ball on downs. Is it just me? You're a big numbers guy. You do this for a living on VegasInsider.com. What was he doing chasing points with two-point conversions in the second and the third quarter? He cost his team at the end of the game. It was it, to, to me, it was amazingly arrogant and stupid what he was doing.
0: Well, this is coming out of, I guess, the uh, the Chip Kelly school of doing things at Oregon. And no disrespect to our fine listeners in Oregon or, or fans of the Oregon <laughs> program, but, but I think they just want to try to be too smart for the room. Like, if you have a kicker, an able kicker that can kick extra points, why are you trying to go for two? Like, what is that doing at that point? Just get the automatic points because obviously, I mean, we know in college that the kickers aren't reliable. But at least they're kicking 19 yard extra points. This isn't the NFL right, right, where I right. think we've talked about this, yep. where you get to a point where you're down one, you go for the two because you're not too sure about the extra points. Like that I understand, but here we have the automatic point, take the point, be done with it, because you know it's going to be a back and forth game against a team like Nebraska, so you might as well just get the points and then worry about it later. I don't get it. It's just overthinking it. These college coaches, they think they're smarter than everybody else, and in the end, they blow these games.
1: Yep, And this and this came back to haunt him, and he should be grilled about that and about that strategy. Uh, the, the arrogance of okay, we'll just have some points later on in the game, it absolutely cost them. At the very end of what was a close game, his strategy, those failed two-pointers, and I know the rationale would be, well, if we just made one of them, it would kind of make up for the fact that Well, you missed all four of them, and and you have to believe on the four extra points, you probably had a 99% chance of making all four of them, and they all added up at the end of the game when they kept going for two and kept missing instead of kicking extra points. All right, I'm down off the soapbox with those two. Coming up, we've got to talk some pro football. Who likes the San Diego Chargers? Who's saying J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets? Find out when Three Dog Thursday continues. Ever dreamed of a way to video chat one-on-one with famous former athletes, coaches, and other big names in the sports world? Well, now you can with a brand new online communication service called Talk to Legends. The Talk to Legends mobile platform is available right now for free in the iOS Apple Store. And now the Talk to Legends mobile app is available in the Google Play Store. And it puts you just a couple of clicks away from connecting by video to your sports heroes in a five-minute person-to-person conversation on your iPhone or iPhone iPad. Yes, it's as easy as registering and then picking a time to talk to your legend. There are hundreds of former athletes from all sports including the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, college sports, the Olympics, MMA and more, and they're ready to talk to you in a scheduled video conversation through Talk to Legends. No matter what device or tablet, just go into the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and download the Talk to Legends app. It's time for you to talk to legends.
0: Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again
1: is TJ Reed. Do continue on. It is the only digital radio show devoted to underdogs. Kevin and I are making a pledge right here, right now, that if we get the opportunity to kick an extra point, we're kicking an extra point. Although you you did lay out a good case back uh, before that in the nfl now the extra point is no longer automatic and you might want to see more teams going for two you were laying that out when jack del rio went for two the opening week in a 35 uh, 34 win over the new orleans saints That, that it's different in the pros when the extra point is longer to consider going for two but certainly you wouldn't see an nfl team in the first half of the game go for two three times rather than kicking three extra points right kevin
0: yeah, and even that, that example with Del Rio and the Raiders, that that was more of a one-shot deal. We're down one. Our defense has been terrible. Let's go for the two here. Not because we don't trust our kicker, but let's just get the two and be done with it. We have one play. We're not chasing points. That's fine if you do that. But to start – and, mate, look, I, I don't know if Oregon's trying to like change the world and say, oh, we're going to go for two every single time and just get that extra point every single time – But why do that? Like, why? Because it isn't automatic. So just go for the points when you can get them for free and then go from there and get the two later and draw up some creative plays. But I think in the NFL, like, if you need that two, then you do it. Just don't do it. Just do it.
1: Yep. I agree with that. And again, we are now ready to dissect these games. Hey, before we get into uh, the games that you and I like, I made made mention we each – We each like an NFL game and, uh, it's neither one of us like the New England Patriots on Thursday night. Now, this is the disclaimer. If you're hearing this show after Thursday, you already know what did or didn't happen in Texans Patriots on Thursday. What a, it's a fascinating midweek matchup for this reason. What's going on at quarterback with New England? Uh, you were part of the game broadcast last week of the Dolphins uh, radio network and the game with the Patriots where Jimmy Garoppolo was looking phenomenal again in the first half. He got hurt. Still, the Patriots got up 31 to three, even with him hurt and the third-string quarterback Jacoby Brissett in the game, the former NC State quarterback, the former Florida Gator quarterback as a transfer. And then the Dolphins came roaring back in the fourth quarter, made a game of it, had the ball with the final minute, down seven, no timeouts left, trying to get a touchdown. It, it didn't work out. So New England wins. It, it's still a full mystery. I don't believe Garoppolo's going to play. I'm not a doctor. Brady is still suspended. Brazette is is supposed to play. Houston, off of two wins, goes on the road. Neither one of us are taking New England in the point, but just give me a quick take on this game Thursday night because a lot of eyeballs will be on. Can New England win another game with a third-string quarterback without Tom Brady?
0: No, I don't think so. I'm assuming Garoppolo was out. That It's one thing where Garoppolo has been groomed as Brady's, you know, back up when he knew about the deflate gate and the, the suspension that was going to be the guy for four games. They had all training camp to get him ready. And is obviously talented. It's not taken away from him at all. But Jacoby Brissett's just jumping right in with three days of rest after the Dolphin game. And I get he played the second half uh, and a little of the first half in uh, Sunday's game. But you're just going to throw him right in there. I mean, he was a good quarterback at NC State, but all of a sudden now – He's just going to dominate them just because it's the Patriots. They can jump right
1: in. This this ain't the ACC, right? Which what he's going to have to go. I heard a great stat. You love these stats. That they went back and charted Jacoby Brissett at uh, NC State in his final season there. And on passes beyond 15 yards, beyond 15 yards downfield, his completion percentage is under 45%. That's ugly at being able to throw the ball down the field. I don't know if New England can work the magic or not. Brock Osweiler looks good. For Houston, and again, that's the Thursday night game. Watch Now that we've said all this, watch New England score 45 points with Brazetta quarterback because Belichick's that good as the coach. Who knows? I just wanted to get your opinion on that Thursday night game because, again, if New England somehow Houdini's this game, 9-6, to six, whatever, they're 3-0 and without Tom Brady having used two different quarterbacks. That would be pretty amazing if that sorts out. Okay, so neither one of us are going to go on the record with Houston as the underdog. I made mention that we have a couple of underdogs in the NFL. Which one do you like, Kevin?
0: I'm going to go with the San Diego Chargers uh, at Indianapolis this week. I backed them last week against Jacksonville because Jacksonville was a horrible road team under Gus Bradley. And the Chargers so far, except for that you know, late meltdown against Kansas City, they've been very impressive. And now they're heading on the road to face the Colts team that is desperate at 0-2. I don't like backing desperate teams, especially as favorites, because... Everyone assumes they just need to win. Well, everyone in the NFL needs to win. So San Diego's going to Indianapolis. Uh, I know that Keenan Allen's hurt. Danny Woodhead's hurt. Yep. But Phillip Rivers, I feel like always finds a way to get other people involved. Melvin Gordon's performed well in the second year out of Wisconsin, the running back that uh, he had a bit of a shaky rookie season. He's, he's performed better. Antonio Gates had a touchdown against Jacksonville last week. Uh, Benjamin played well as well. And I think that the Colts, you know, and I mentioned this in the uh, last segment with you, that Indianapolis did give up two defensive touchdowns to Denver, so obviously the point total looks higher when really the, the defense had nothing to do with those two touchdowns. Luck got picked up by Aqib Tlaib, and also Von Miller hit him, and the Broncos recovered a fumble in the end zone. But still, the Colts are a mess, I think, and uh, with them needing to win, Moncrief is hurt, their receiver – it's going to be very hard for the Colts to, to win this game. Uh, the Chargers have been a good road underdog under Mike McCoy since he's been the head coach. I think it's just... San Diego's playing better than Indianapolis. Simple as that. I'm going to take the Chargers.
1: All right, so Chargers in the NFL for you, plus the three points. I am going to go with a team that was impressive on Thursday night football last week, the Jets. They've had extra time to prepare. The Jets will come west to play Kansas City. And Todd Bowles' team has found some offense. I don't know how. Ryan Fitzpatrick has looked good at quarterback. I know Brandon Marshall a little iffy with the knee injury, but they've run the ball with Matt Forte uh Bowles, by the way as a road underdog a year ago uh won both of his matchups they were a pickem against Buffalo and won the game outright so they they tend to do well as a road underdog he's unbeaten now obviously in his uh brief three games as a as an NFL head coach as a road underdog i i know Alex Smith in Kansas City i mean they got beat last week by Houston speaking of the Texans being 2 and 0 and Houston could, uh, Kansas City save for the fourth quarter of the San Diego opening game. Kansas City could be 0 2. I mean, they were completely outplayed until the fourth quarter and rallied to beat the Chargers and escape with their one win. Give me the Jets on the road here uh, to win this uh, game outright. I believe they will win at Kansas City with, uh, with the defense and that pass rush, and I'll take the three points for the Jets in, in that NFL uh, showdown. One more game uh, that, that I was uh, interested in getting your take on, the Monday night game Atlanta and New Orleans. This, this one a little bit hard to figure out. It's the 10-year anniversary of the return of the NFL to New Orleans post Hurricane Katrina, the emotional night in 2006. On the Monday night game with Steve Gleason uh, blocking the punt uh, and running it in and the Saints winning that game in in the return with Drew Brees that was Sean Payton's first home game as the Saints coach 2006 and they go on to get the win and now this is just an NFC South showdown but quickly Kevin give me a 30 second take if the Saints don't win this game they're 0-3 to start the year if they don't beat the Falcons at home.
0: Yeah, and last year they played on a Thursday night uh, in New Orleans, and Atlanta, I believe, it was 5-0, and laying three points, and New Orleans blitzed them right out of the gate. This time it's flipped around where the Saints are winless, like I just mentioned with the Colts, that I don't like betting uh, or backing winless teams because they're in desperation mode. Atlanta playing their second straight road game, you know, it's never easy in the NFL but, uh, you know, the offense has been pretty good so far. You know, they lit up Oakland, and I get Oakland's defense isn't good. But also, you know, the Saints defense, who, uh, granted, didn't allow the Giants to score an offensive touchdown last week. Uh, Dan Quinn has been a pretty good underdog so far in his brief tenure as a coach of the Falcons. I just think that uh, here at Atlanta is a good look against New Orleans.
1: Yep, neither one of us are going to go with that game. And, again, I'll go over all the underdogs here in a moment, but that'll be a wild scene in the Big Easy uh, for, again, the 10-year anniversary of the NFL coming back after Hurricane Katrina and the devastation in the New Orleans area in the Gulf South uh, back in 2005 had the Saints displaced for that entire year. I still remember working Buccaneers-Saints game at Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge. Remember, Kevin, they split that year up. They played the first game as a, quote, home game at the Meadowlands against the Giants. They then played some games in Baton Rouge, played some games in San Antonio as home games while the Superdome was being repaired. So now they're back for Monday Night Football on the 10-year anniversary of, uh, of all of that. Okay, so we've laid out these games. Again, you've got lots of great information. Tell the folks uh, one more time here about Vegas Insider Kevin Rogers and what they can find out.
0: A lot of great previews, NFL, college football in full gear right now. You can check out all the Thursday night previews, the Friday night college football, the entire Saturday, Big Ten, SEC, look at all the big conferences, uh, the NFL for Sunday, I have a, a column, uh, pick six, where I put out analysis and predictions on the top six games on the Sunday card, as well as, uh, we have tech trends. If you're a trend player, a lot of great, uh, a lot of great trends for both college and the NFL. Just a lot of, a lot of great things that we provide. Also, our handicappers that do a fantastic job that you could check out their picks as well. Don't forget, Baseball wrapping up going into the playoffs next month. Hockey starts next month. Then we've got basketball in November. So it's a really busy time right now at VegasInsider.com. Also, you can check us out on Twitter
1: at twitvi. And we encourage you to check Kevin out also at VI Rogers. You can also follow this show throughout the weekend at three dog Thursday. Our website is three dog Again, Kevin will go Arkansas Razorbacks and Marshall thundering herd. Arkansas gets six at Texas A&M Marshall at home, getting 26 with Louisville. I'll take the Oklahoma State Cowboys and the eight points with Baylor and USF, the Bulls, with five and a uh, a half against Florida State. Kevin likes the Chargers in the NFL getting three on the road. I like the Jets in the NFL getting three on the road. Kevin, good luck with those underdogs. We always appreciate the insight and analysis. Thank you uh, for it again this week on Three Dog Thursday, sir.
0: You are very welcome, T.J., and I will talk to you again next week.
1: Guys, enjoy uh, the week. Enjoy all the games of the underdogs. I'm T.J. Reeves. We appreciate you giving us some of your time for the only digital radio show devoted just to underdogs. It is Three Dog Thursday. Bye.